Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Still not indicted. Glad to be with you for the next three hours live. We got a great one lined up. There's so much to cover. And by so much to cover, I mean there's one big story and then a lot of other stuff that I wish we would talk about more. We are coming at you live from Los Angeles in Sirius XM's beautiful Hollywood studios. It's so good to be back. Chris Housel's producing this thing from uh, down there in South Carolina. Thea Harper's producing this thing from Brooklyn. I'm here with Russ in the, in the room. It's good to have you back. And we are so thrilled to be doing our show at a time when there's still light in the sky. 866-997-4748. Shout out to everyone listening live. Our evil army of the night. We really want to hear from you guys. We're going to be covering all the ins and outs of this indictment. And of course, that means all of the lunatic defenses that right-wing people who had plenty of time to think of better defenses have been coming up with. In our second hour, a pretty fun panel of our good friend Dr. Tracy Pearson, comedian Liam McEnany is back, and uh, comedian Ron Placone, who some of you may know from his work with the Young Turks, are going to be here. So all night long, however, it's going to be up to you guys. I want to hear what you think about the first president to be impeached twice, who's also the first president to be indicted on criminal charges, who's also the first former president to be indicted twice, and the first one to be indicted three times, and the first president to be indicted on criminal charges for behavior while in office. So it's, uh, what, 60 days until the Trump Organization's civil fraud suit, 165 days until E. Jean Carroll's defamation suit resumes, 179 days until the Trump Organization's pyramid scheme class action suit. Don't forget about that one. That's from fuckery they committed while on The Apprentice. It is 235 days until the New York State criminal hush money suit begins in a Manhattan courtroom. 291 days until the May 20th classified documents trial. 37, oh, 40 felony counts right there. And now, of course, we'll find out later in uh, the month of August when this trial might happen. But no trial in American history has ever come as close to this one, just in terms of sheer importance. The importance of putting on trial a former president who tried to steal the White House, who is trying to reclaim the White House after his attempt to steal it. This will be the only chance humanity has of holding him responsible, holding him liable for trying to steal your democracy. That's what a bunch of Republicans said back two years ago when they had an impeachment. Why are you impeaching him? That's what the criminal justice system is there for. They're not talking about that now. Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. That's the big line y'all need to remember from this indictment. It's 45 pages. If I can read it on a plane, you can read it too. 
And it's worth remembering something. You know, in a way, uh, reality TV got this man elected. He was just this shitty celebrity in New York who used to humiliate the mother of his children by taking his girlfriend out in front of the paparazzi. Just a, a low life. And then he had this reality show where young people trying to break into business groveled and pretended to respect him. And then the ratings tanked. So then they made it a tragic show for celebrities, for people who maybe wanted to keep their 15 minutes going a little longer, celebrities who were willing to be good enough actors to pretend to respect Donald Trump on national TV while he pretended to be a CEO in a boardroom set. He, he, he's, a, he's a landlord. His dad's business. He's not a CEO. But it was enough, right? That and Trump's love of pro wrestling. I mean, this really was the first reality TV president, the first reality TV character, host, performer to ever get the White House. In many ways, when you go to vote, you're voting for what show do I want to watch the next four years? You know, you get a say in if it gets renewed for another four. We're all sort of TV programmers. When we go out for our democracy, we're not just picking a leader who will administer laws. We're also deciding what we want to watch. And that's important. Because a year from now, we'll be getting ready to do that again. It's not going to be an election between this old white man and this old white man. It's going to be, what do you feel like watching? And the former president was placed under arrest for the third time in four months. He pled not guilty, because I like the word pled better than pleaded. That's me. I, you know, I'm sorry. I think I should be able to say pled. Pled guilty, not guilty, by all the charges that he used unlawful means to try to throw out your vote in the 2020 election. Now, the lawyers... Donald Trump are saying they're going to try to delay the trial any way they can, which is what you should expect. There's three strategies. Number one, the bullshit strategy of it was just First Amendment. He was just exercising his rights. It was free speech. You liberals, why do you hate the First Amendment? OK, that and and, and that'll work with the base because, hey, uh, they know the base is never going to read the indictment. The second argument is going to be, well, he didn't know. He, he, be, he really did believe it. He really believed these lies he was spreading. And so it, there's no corruption if he believes it. They're really going to push that. And again, that's the he can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. Make him president again. That's the argument they're going to go with. And of course, the real argument is no argument at all. It's a strategy. Delay, stall, delay, stall, become president and pardon yourself. That's what they're hoping. And they will be trying to delay this as much as they can. Did you happen to notice the D.C. courthouse? is the same courthouse that had the trials for so many January 6th rioters. It's kind of beautiful he had to walk through that door. You know, Let's Go Brandon has been MAGA's limp, flaccid little taunt for a while. Uh, the dark Brandon thing, when that first began, I thought, okay, it's cute, you're playing the same game. Bi then Biden started mentioning dark Brandon. And then yesterday, the day of Trump's indictment, Biden releases a campaign video where it's him drinking out of a dark Brandon mug. Uh, it's catching on. This old man is kind of getting hip. I don't know how I feel about this, but merchandise featuring the dark Brandon thing now accounts for more than half of the sales from the president's campaign store. So good for you guys there. If that helps you pull in more small dollar donors. OK, um, but the really good news as the weekends, because it's not all gray, uh, these two uh, Tennessee Democrats who were expelled from their Republican controlled house over their gun control protest. Representative Justin Pearson and Representative Justin Jones won back their legislative seats. This was the story of yesterday for me. They became real heroes after they were just expelled and they got reelected in a special election yesterday. They're getting ready to return to Nashville later this month for a special session, hopefully to address changing 
the very lax gun safety laws, they're not going to make a huge dent. It's incredibly dominated by Republicans. But what a victory. And it goes to show that every time they want to bully people, you can turn those people into heroes. So the next hearing in Trump's case is going to be August 28th. And that's where we'll find out when Tanya Chutkin, the Obama-appointed judge who's going to preside, um, will find out how open she is to a very speedy trial. I mean, they're trying the prosecutors to get a trial date in early 2024, but the D.C. case could be tried before the one in Miami. That's the one that judges hire, Aileen Cannon, has set for May. Could it happen that soon? Let's play Fake Christian Friday, and then we'll get to all your calls, because I want to I talk about this. Every week on Friday, it's always hard to distill the most revoltingly false Christians. God knows America produces them. We have a lot. It's our number one export. Um, I want to say bachelor number one is the fake Christian real bigot Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, who uh, can't stop smiling and posing for pictures, even after he's been told his floating razor wire buoys have killed children in the river. Okay, keep smiling, Greg. Uh, Bachelor number two, fake Christian of the week, Governor Mike Huckabee, who tweeted, If every Dem who claimed an election was stolen is charged, the D.C. jails would be full of Democrat politicians, which would be a marked improvement on having them in the government. Okay, that's cute, Huckabee. Um, And if every fake Christian who bears false witness to help Trump get elected was kept out of heaven, hell would have to invest in a double-wide. (laughs) That's a funny joke. You can tell Satan when you see him. But no, I think there can be no doubt for the fake Christian of the week, it is uh, Louisiana public schools and the Louisiana legislature. Because as you may have heard, all Louisiana public schools are now required to display the national motto of In God We Trust inside of classrooms under a new law that went into effect last week. Even if it's just a flimsy handwritten piece of paper with the words, in God we trust, in crayon written on it, you've got to do that and tape it to the wall. The law requires now, in public school classrooms, that in God we trust be displayed on a poster or frame document that is at least 11 inches by 14 inches. The motto shall be the central focus of the poster or framed document and shall be printed in a large, easily readable font. Now, I'm going to talk about this with our panel on the show later, but obviously this is a violation of the First Amendment. But, I mean, considering we put this phrase on our damn money, is it still that big a cause for outrage or objection? Uh, Yeah, it is. I mean, don't get angry about it. It's not going to do anything. This is them pretending to be Christian, and that's what they do. So much for the separation of church and state. But see, I have this crazy belief, this crazy leftist anarchist belief that parents... Not the government should be responsible for shaping your children's religious education. Can you handle that, right-wingers? Is that too leftist for you? That big government, the deep state, should not be telling your children what to believe on a spiritual level, but you should? You biblically ignorant knobs? I mean, again, like, this is the version, this imposed, this coerced faith in Louisiana, where once they convinced people that slavery was okay with God. It was in 1856, the 30th of July, that Congress passed a joint resolution declaring In God We Trust as the national motto of the U.S., replacing E Pluribus Unum, which had always existed as the de facto official model. Now, I like E Pluribus Unum, and not just because it sounds like a Latin sex term. It means out of many, one. That's really what this country's idea was, the diversity 
We become a brand new kind of society because they all agree from around the world to come here and be one people on this land that we stole from other people. But 1956, it's only been the motto since 1956. And nowhere does it say any place that that must be printed in schools. What's going to happen if a child says it makes him or her uncomfortable? They don't care. They don't care about children. They don't even care about fetuses. They pretend to care about fetuses to get people who pretend they've read the Bible to vote for them. Because the Bible's not against abortion. But they're not trying to be Christian. They don't want to be Christian. Oh, my God. The liberal shit Jesus makes you do? They don't want that. They want to be evangelical supremacists. They want power. They're not doing this to get closer to God. They're doing this to wag their dick in the face of the U.S. Constitution. Prayer was never taken out of schools. You can pray in school all you want. You can't force it on people. It was never taken from schools. I prayed in school all the time, but I never had the state impose it on me. And by the way, these are this is the party of child brides. This is the party of people in the Republican Party, state after state in the South passing or refusing to rescind child bride laws. And Republicans are okay with it. In God we trust. Find yourself a 14-year-old. Guys, God, here, here's the crazy thing. You ready, right-wing Christians? Revoltingly false ones that you are. God is already in the schools. Liberals, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, the ACLU, if God is real, they don't have the power to remove God from schools. God is wherever what we call the fuck God wants to be. It is hubris and arrogance and wagging your little revoltingly fake Christian dicks at reality to presume you have the spiritual power to pick up a whole big fistful of God and cram it back into the schools and then suck each other's dicks for how pious you are. Kids can pray whenever they want. The state must not be able to coerce it. If you don't like this, conservative loved ones, you're not conservative. Because the founders were the ones who wanted it this way. So your problem's not with liberals at all. Your problem is with James Madison and the founders of this country. Separation of church and state is the conservative point of view. Y'all are the radicals trying to break it down. The liberals are the conservatives on this issue. And irony is a religion that will never let you down. So Louisiana schools will display In God We Trust while racism and injustice still persist. It was Jesus who said in Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. I love that Jesus warned us about his right-wing Caucasian American followers 2,000 years ago. Let me quote one of my favorite Bible verses. And it's one the Republicans aren't fond of. And it's Matthew 6, 5. And you should know this. Just Matthew 6, 5. You'll, you, even if you're an atheist, you're going to have to say this at some point to some motherfucker gets in your face talking tabernacles on you. And I'm not anti-religion. I'm anti-fundamentalist. I'm anti-religious extremist. I'm anti-Christian nationalist. I'm big on God, big on Jesus, big on Muhammad, big on Buddha, big on Vishnu, whatever you... In my father's house, there's many mansions. Whatever you want to worship, however you want to celebrate and love the great mystery we're all a part of, love my atheists. I believe in atheists. But Jesus lays it out, and Jesus tells you who not to trust in Matthew 6, 5. Are you ready? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. 
for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Jesus Christ, anti-public prayer. See, you can't impose faith. You can't impose belief. You can teach it. You can't coerce it. That's only going to teach kids why authoritarian state religion is creepy. But hey, you know what? If they're going to do it, I say fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm just going to fight for a reciprocal law that allows us to teach Darwinian theory in church. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. This song had gotten some airplay back in the day. It could have been something, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Friends of the show, Tears for Fears. Their new album is actually really great. And it was a thrill having them here. With uh, with Shout, which hit number one in the U.S. for the first of three weeks on this date. Oh, I can't even say it. 38 years ago today. Which the intern tells me 1985 was 38 years ago today. Uh, it was their second number one after Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I will say this came on the headphones and I just watched four other middle-aged people start bobbing their There heads. you go. <laughs> exactly right. 
Paul McCartney announced the formation of his new band Wings 52 years ago today. Jesse Owens won the first of his four Olympic gold medals on this date in 1936. Calvin Coolidge was sworn in as our 30th president upon the sudden death of corrupt President Harding 100 years ago today. And Calvin Coolidge was at home visiting his dad, who was a justice of the peace. It's one of my favorite stories. His father swore him in on the family Bible in the kitchen in the middle of the night to become our 30th president. And that story would be even better if Calvin Coolidge hadn't been kind of a dick. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugel saying happy birthday to our friends Lisa and Walter's got a birthday today um, uh, um, and uh, who else Evangeline Lilly has a birthday today and John McGinley as well right now I'm so pleased to welcome three of our friends who are back to the show some of them we haven't seen in a while some of them we haven't seen in a long while uh, this is the ADD hour we're at 866-997-4748 and we'll be taking your calls all throughout you guys know Dr. Tracy Pearson if you listen to this broadcast he's a legal analyst and consultant you've seen on TV and radio and on the podcast and in Forbes and the New York Post and her news and I met her on News Nation. Uh, welcome, Dr. Tracy, twice in one week, but th- shit's gone down since you were last here. Yeah, it has. And and you're in Los Angeles, and that's so fabulous, and I'm so happy to be here. So, yay. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not as good looking in person as on Zoom, but it's nice to have you in the <laughs> studio with us. Uh, Liam McEnany is back on the show. Oh, I'm so excited. They said it couldn't happen. Jimmy yeah. Carter wrote a letter, Bono wrote a letter, but we didn't care. You're back, and we're thrilled to have you. <laughs> that the, the, the restrain, restraining order said I couldn't happen, and yet here I am. <laughs> Liam is a terrific and critically acclaimed comic and a writer and a producer. He's toured Europe. You've seen him on Showtime, Comedy Central, IFC. Heard him on NPR, the Howard Stern wrap-up show. He's done Marin's show, and he's played all over the place with everyone from Triumph to John Oliver to Janine to, to Hannibal to, to Jim Gaffigan. And a couple years ago, he moved to L.A., and it has been our great to Diminishment culturally in New York. It's great to actually see you on your new home turf. Yeah, it's it's. I was I was very happy to find out you were in L.A. because I think the last time I was on the show, I was calling in uh, during the pandemic. Yes, you were. I think your parent. Um, I don't. I honestly don't remember. Okay. I just remember like because your mom's very cool. My mom loves this show, yeah. and in fact, she just retired. Oh, so now she wants to come on all the shows and talk about mom's, politics. Mom's a, <laughs> mom's a judge. Oh yeah, she yeah. she literally just retired on Friday. So okay. oh wow, congratulations! Yeah, so she's uh, she's she's uh, very excited to start the new chapter running my career. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I've just been thinking about Clarence Thomas, so judges retiring is very close to my heart. Um, and now let me welcome uh, Bachelor Number Two. Uh, I, I love Ron Placone. He's done the show, but it has it hasn't been a it's, it's been a while. Been a while I've, I've, we there was like a plague in the middle of this, and there I didn't get was. to see you. Ron is uh, a, a, he's a political comic who is as hilarious a craftsman of jokes as he is a passionate uh, activist. You've seen him on Discovery Channel, Crosstalk, Free Speech TV, uh, over there with uh, with Lee on Redacted Tonight, yeah. uh, Jimmy Dore Show, who uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's done the show many times. His uh, debut album, Agnostic Holiday, is in rotation on Sirius XM. Uh, he writes the comic Lucy and Ron. He hosts the podcast, Get Your News On with Ron. His short film pilot, Loner, was released this year, and he's currently in production for his first feature, Left at Wall, and he's about to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Have I left anything out of your life in the past couple of weeks? Uh... Pretty well, actually, I should say, Liam. Yes. I think we're around the same age, and my mom just retired as well. No way. So, yeah, my mom just retired to, to to be a full-time grandma. I don't have any kids, but uh, but I recently became an uncle, and uh, so Congrats. yeah, Yay. so happy for kid. her, happy for the family, and I hope she gets on that Italian lesson that I bought her. <laughs> <laughs> I bought her an Italian class. Nice, <laughs> like you do. 
Uh, we're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Let's get to the phones, guys. I want to know what you're thinking. We've covered a lot of ground tonight. We've talked about a couple things that aren't directly about Donald Trump. Bill in New Jersey, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Hey, Good. Bill. All right. Can I, can I give a, a shout-out to one of your most prominent listeners? Yes, please. No, please, I wish you would. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. <laughs> He's there. Really He's listening. You're really not doing well. I think you should step down and let your Democratic governor put someone in to replace you. <laughs> yeah, you think the Democratic governor, he's a Democrat, which means he'll want to do the right thing and appoint a Republican. You know that, right? He won't He won't do what you want. Democrats are going no. to... Kentucky. You know, they're going to go high. Kentucky. Uh, yeah. well, Kentucky. Kentucky's state house uh, changed the rules. The, the governor doesn't have that power there. Oh. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so, Bill, I'm sorry. Kentucky has overruled you. <laughs> that's okay. In terms of Barbie, I'll wait till it's on LaserDisc, then I'll watch it. There you go. That, you hold out for beta. That's the that's the for, as a purist you want to see it that way. If I'm if it's not on sixteen right. millimeter, I ain't watching. <laughs> I can't wait to hope, not watch it with Liam on Laserdisc. Go ahead. Right. I hope that Trump's Selly is R. Kelly. Anyway, um, I was uh, uh, t- you were talking before about why there was only one person being tried, uh, Trump. From what so I far. Understand, it's for efficiency, you know, because the AG sat on his ass for a while. And, oh, knock uh, that off! Uh-uh. No, you, Tracy, they're going to say it. They, uh-huh. they, they're going to. Tracy, do you think if they, <laughs> if they didn't have those hearings a year ago, would we be seeing this indictment now? I think we would. I do. Garland yeah. is, knows what he's doing, and I've been saying this all along. I think he Benny Thompson did all the work. Benny Thompson delivered a big box of, of testimony to Jack Smith's door. But he can't use that. He had to put those witnesses in front of the grand jury. Yeah, but they used that testimony to get the indictment. I, I hate when we fight like this. Go ahead, I know, Bill. I know, yeah. but... Well, well, this is what it sounds like when doves cry. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> this what? is the fastest way to get to the 14th Amendment when they can try him for uh, uh, sedition. They're not going to do that. Um, but I want one more trial, Tracy. I want I, I, I want an eighth I know trial. You do. There's there's five trials now, Ron. There's going to be seven when Georgia comes through. My God, Bill, thank you for the call. I, I <laughs> Stephen in Kentucky, help us all make sense of this. Welcome Stephen, to the how lounge. Are you, my friend? The legend. I'm doing all right. How are you this evening? I'm better now, thank you. What's going on? Um, I wanted to mention something. Uh, I wish you would. I do find it interesting, though, that I had heard today that the trial date is set for August the 28th. And, of course, that is the day it will be 60 years since the march in Washington. It's not the Mm, trial date. It's not the trial date. It's the next time they show up and figure out when the trial will be. But, yes, you are right Uh, about that anniversary. It is kind of interesting, though, considering that this man is... uh, consumed with so much venom for people of color and it's just sort of interesting to me you know that i just find it kind of fascinating i was going because his judge is a black woman the kind of human that most terrifies him well i think any woman terrifies him obviously i think no 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 he's terrified of black women he hates black women and and by the way michelle obama michelle obama is the only person he's afraid to attack Oh, of course he is. Cause he, he, and he, Rachel he, Maddow. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was watching something, though, and I wanted to mention this, John. Have you considered having any astrologers on to talk about these men's charts? Because I think that would alleviate some of this if you have someone who actually has been in this field for a long Someone's time. Someone's reading my diary about what we're going to do for Sweeps Week. I, I don't <laughs> know what else to say. Find out what we talk about. I'm, yeah. I think um, it would be interesting because I, I've heard some things about Trump's chart, actually. Uh, I've had astrologers on the show before. And I, you know, I respect that. That has the same success ratio as all the world's great religions. So I, 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 I like astrology. And what I'm going to go on the record and say I'm not an astrologist. <laughs> in case anyone was I will go on the record and say Definitely I'm a Libra. Not. I'm a Libra. So I think Trump's really a Gemini, accurate. right? Is he a Gemini? I think he's I a think Gemini. He is, yeah. Wow. So well, he with is, him but is I like... think what's working against him, based on his chart from what I've seen, is that we're kind of coming to an, we're kind of hitting a new. If you look at what's going on right now, even some of his supporters are starting to turn against him a little bit. Not enough. And no, I think Trump's sign is feces. Actually, I think he's a feces. Is is is. Wait. So so um, his support is dictated by his astrological chart. No, dear. What I'm saying is that the that uh, I think when we're born that the time that we're born and that I do believe that it has a lot to do with our destiny in this life. I really do. And and if you look at what, uh, I, I don't know so much of the in-depth about him, but I do know that with a lot of these trials, especially regarding women, you know, that yes. really is coming up this next year. You mentioned E. Jean Carroll. That's, oh, yes. That's really, yeah, I mean, it's like taking the wasp the uh, stinger out of the wasp. I mean, essentially, is what it is. I've noticed, though, with him, <laughs> body language-wise, and people keep mentioning he, he seems so much more terrified. He is terrified. Trump? I think I, he is terrified. I, yes. oh, oh, I think he very much is. He he knows. And but, I, but, I, but, but, but of a strong wind, Stephen. Only of a strong wind, I think. That's what he's terrified of. But go on. Well, I I really wonder, though, you remember the story about J. Paul Getty and how he died alone. Yes. I'm wondering, though, if Trump, I don't know if that's the scenario here or not, but I do kind of wonder if maybe he might end up going down that road, possibly, because my, my feeling about this is that I really believe that if he were confronted with going to prison... I don't think he he do, he doesn't really grasp it at all. He thinks he's just going to weasel. I don't think he's going to be able to weasel. I don't, his way I, I don't think it. he's ever going to prison. I don't think he can get every guilty. Either. But this country well, will never send a white I, billionaire chief executive to jail. It's just well, dear, I don't know. I I, I'm, no. I prognosticate that he will. And I think house arrest and I, where he plays I, golf. I really, well, he, that's what he thinks, or so he thinks. He's never. This is a person who's never had to really account for anything that he's ever done. And that's True. what's really, and well, I really think... He paid $26 million for Trump University, $2 million for the Trump Foundation, uh, $1.4 million for the Trump Organization. I mean, he's had to account for a few things. I, I would say well, the thing about Trump is, you know, if he's faced with the prospect of going to prison, the man is a, a pathological clinical narcissist. Yes. So the idea that he would actually be held accountable for his actions, I think is something he, like... Physically can't mentally can't. process. How could he? It's never. Yeah, happened. you're right. Yeah, you're, you're, he's been you're insulated right. his whole life first by money, then by celebrity, then by politics. This is what happens well, when you have that. enough money and parents who never say no. And you have a crack PR agent by the name of John Barron on your side. That's right. 
Well, it's beyond that. This man's a sociopath. That's what it really boils down to. And the fact, and and I really, I don't know exactly when, I mean, obviously he's always been like this, but I think it really must have come about more. It must have been coming, um, I would say, probably when he got that reality television show. You know, that's really, I think, when he really started to send more. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that. No, that's what saved his career. I wanted to mention Barbie, too, tonight. Really quick, go ahead. Hit me with Barbie, please. I actually have always loved Barbie. Ruth Handler was the one who created Barbie, and she. I'm did sorry, say, I brought up Barbie. She's in the movie. Unpopular. Ruth Handler's a character in this now. movie, Stephen. Well, she's a wonderful woman. Miss Handler was. She she wanted to create something new other than Betsy Wetsy and all those dolls back in those days. I'm the days. only one who's seen this film, and it's made a billion dollars. <laughs> the only one yeah. made a billion dollars, and I'm the only one who's seen it. I don't understand this. How many times did and, you and go? I was, they were all wearing pink in the theater except me. You got to give the rest of us at the cliff no. All those seats that were bought were pay-it-forward seats, just like that QAnon <laughs> movie. Go ahead, Steve. She gave a lot of money to the Breast Cancer Foundation and Miss Foundation for women and that. No, you've got to see the film. Rhea Perlman plays her in the movie. It's hilarious. Like literal. Yes, it's a satire of everything with materialism. It's actually a really smart script. But look at me telling guys to go see Barbie. And I think it's well. I used to collect Barbie when I was younger. I used to love having parties with GI Joe and Barbie, and having you know threesomes at their um, Barbie. I understand. Hey, listen, listen. I how old were you? How many girls learned what scissoring was was thanks to Mattel? I was about four or five, four or five. Oh, yeah, I remember some of that. I was a little older, but I did it to get out of the Navy myself. So. <laughs> Stephen, I got to go, but thank you so very much for calling. Thank oh, you, my Stephen. God. Uh, Dylan in New Mexico, you are on Sirius XM Progress with Liam and Ron and Dr. Tracy. What's up? All my favorite states. What's up, yeah. crew? Hey, uh, I just wanted to say that I went to go see... Uh, the Teenage Ninja Turtles last night with my son, and that was how is it? Because awesome. I got a it's I got a kid good. who's making me go see it this week. So I'm excited for that. That it's movie fun. looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. the animation. It I don't. I'm not really a Ninja good. Turtles guy, but the animation looks like Spider Verse level quality. And also the voice. I'm sorry, I'm talking over your your caller, but I'll say the voice acting cast is very exciting. A lot of funny people in it. Yeah. So how was the movie? <laughs> so it since was, you it saw was, it. it, it it was great. I I, I nice. wasn't a you know Ninja Turtles was more my brothers, my older brothers there. Yeah, but same I thought here. it was it was really good, and also the um the 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 graphics it was like the Spider Man universe very similar. And I that's think the it's best film I've seen all year is across the Spider Verse. That was a cool one. Yeah, that was really good. I saw that one as well. It was really good, and you know this this goes up with it in my opinion. And you know even even Ice Cube did a pretty damn good job. They did a lot of references to like. Good, good style of the music and everything. I don't know. Nice. I thought it was a really oh, good movie. Cool. Ice T is in it, you said? Yeah. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Oh, Ice no, Cube. Ice oh, Tucker. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Well, hey, yeah, I'm glad Tucker's BFF gets out of the house now and then. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Ooh. Right. Ooh. Oh, hey, man, he's doing something good. About that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously out of Compton. Wait, Seriously wait, straight wait, out of Compton. Ice, yeah. Cube, Ice Cube is now Tucker, Carlson. Tucker Carlson's BFF. They took a joyride. They took a joyride and filmed it and talking about how much immigrants suck and stuff like that. Yeah. I tell you, oh, celebrity God. is its own That's ethnic stupid. group. When I see Ellen sitting next to George W. Bush at a football game. Ooh, when yeah. I see Kanye cozying up to Trump, when I see Ice Cube, ce- celebrity is its own ethnicity. That would I gotta say, Ice Cube, Tucker Carlson, great movie idea. Great movie <laughs> idea. If it's five minutes and involves bludgeoning, it's a great movie idea. I, I didn't oh, see man. any. Did you watch the actual thing? I I, I, I just know that it, it ex- so I just depressing. know it exists. <laughs> 
I was just like, here lies hip hop. It made it to 50. That's all uh, I thought watching it. But I mean, Ice Cube has been, you know, he's been a product for a long time. Anyway, Dylan, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. I'm glad you liked it. I'll, I'll, I'll go see it. Um, Dennis in San Diego, welcome. You're on Sirius XM. Well, hello, John. Thanks for taking my call. First time, long time. What a pleasure. Thank you very much for lowering your standards enough to call in. I'm glad we finally grinded you down, Dennis. Welcome. Yeah. Well, you're going to ruin my dog walk tomorrow because usually I listen to you on my dog walk. Yay. Oh, okay. Something else. I've ruined lots of dog walks in this town. um, (laughs) So I wanted to hit you with um, something good to listen to, which is if you look up Zam Rock, Zam Rock. Basically, 1970s to 1980-ish rock and roll from Zambia. One of the oh. best things I've heard all year. Okay. A short-lived, short-lived section of music because of the things that happened in Zambia before and after. But at this time, it was a British colony, so they spoke English and followed the British and American rock and roll bands and emulated nice. them. And okay. it, it's, you know, maybe 10 albums that exist still today. I'm wow. looking at Welcome to Zamrock right now, how Zambia's liberation led to a rock Welcome revolution. All right. All right. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a big the fan witch. of Chris Zambi Temrock, if you've ever heard of him. Basically the same thing he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is, you know, it has it has roots in, um, forgetting the guy's name, South Africa, same time frame. Famous misogynist. George. Famous uh, misogynist in South Africa in the same time frame. Uh, P.W. Botha. Elon Musk. F.W. De Klerk. Elon Musk. F.W. De Klerk. The guy that did the huge shows. Anyway. The guy in South Africa point. that did the huge shows? Are you talking about um, Bob. the, the fellow who Bob, hosted right? the Daily Show? Trevor yeah. Noah? White guy? Oh, but who are we talking about? South- what who did it? huge? Zimbabwe. Paul Simon? Um, Zimbabwe. Linda Ronstadt? The guy in South Africa <laughs> who wasn't Kuti. nice to women and did big shows. This is all I care about. Fela Kuti. Fela Kuti. Oh, yeah, but he was... Uh, all right, but I mean... Oh, and that yeah. name comes but off he was, he was much more than a, than a guy who wasn't always nice to women. He was one of the greatest percussionists of all time. Absolutely. I was just trying to get okay. my point across. But that I got you. Okay. My point. Right. Second point. Okay. I didn't I even know he was a dick to women. Go ahead, please. <laughs> You're going to yeah. hate... Do you have thoughts on Pee Wee? Do you have thoughts on Pee Wee? I do have thoughts on Pee Wee. Hit me, please. My right, favorite appearances by Pee Wee were in the later weird one-off Cheech and Chong movies, such as the next movie and I believe, um, oh God, Nice Dreams was the other one. Pee Wee Herman. Okay, Paul so Rubens in is in Nice like Dreams? Wow. Okay, so there's a movie, yeah. I think it's Cheech and Chong's next movie, where Cheech and Chong yeah. and Edie McClurg who I love. She's uh, done this show. So amazing. Uh, drive to the comedy store, right? And like Pee Wee is basically, Paul Rubens is playing a Pee Wee-esque character who's the stand-up comic, right? And then like Cheech somehow ends up on stage. Am I am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. So they they go under the table and they do cocaine and they, and, and Pee Wee. <laughs> Terrible movie. But you saw it at least. Murder. Listen, terrible movie, but that sequence uh, is, is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I have to watch Cheech it again. I have no memory. With, with Chong's cousin that looks just like him, and they do space coke. That's also yes. the one where Pee Wee Herman plays the crazy. He, or I can't he, even he, compete with this. He, he, you, you'd be surprised. No. Not the most tightly written script. It ends with them getting abducted by <laughs> aliens <laughs> and then return. Which are a real thing we now know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Listen, I love yeah. both of those guys who have done this coke. show, too. 
But I can tell you, George Harrison hey, plays guitar on Basketball Jones. That's my favorite Gene and Jong trivia. Oh, yes. Did, George Harrison oh, fucking loved Joe those guys and played. Nice did those guys, did those two ever get into the gut weed gummies business? <laughs> What's that? Chong. Yes. There's, have you been on Twitter? Tommy Chong is selling things all over the place, according to my ads. Tommy yes. Chong got arrested yeah, for selling bongs. Tommy Chong got arrested. The, the, yeah. the Aurora shooter bought 4,000 rounds of ammo online, and yeah. Tommy Chong was arrested for Chong? selling bongs on a website. Yeah. That's our country. They're both doing so well that that Cheech has that great museum in East L.A. with Chicano art. And Tommy is like doing great TikToks with yeah. both of them. They're doing amazing. Yeah. They're absolutely they're both great. Like, they're crushing it. Tommy yeah. did our show once so. on, on 420 Day, and I'll always be grateful to him for that. Because he's very busy that <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. Well, you know, John, thank you. Peace, my Thank brother. you, I Dennis. You you've every day. you've finally done it. You've done it. Now you can call all the time. Call more often, <laughs> Dennis. Anytime you want to nerd out with me about Cheech and Chong, I'm there for you. Yeah, I'll give you Liam's home number if you want. I'll, I'll post it on Twitter, actually. Now that I'm not going to listen to you on my dog walk tomorrow, I'm going to listen to. Fuck you, Dennis. You're dead to me then. You can totally listen. You can listen to yourself now. You can listen to me on demand when you're walking your dog. There's whatever you need to distract yourself from the cleanup. On demand. All right. I thank do you. I on demand every day, but thank, thank you. you. Peace I'll, out. 866-997-4748. Tell us about Edinburgh. I'm you're going. excited. What's yeah. the show you're doing? Uh, my show is called Balding is Punk Rock, which uh, I do explain. <laughs> I do explain. that I, I, of course, don't leave that question uh, hanging. How is balding, in fact, punk rock? But yeah, it's, um, you know, I mean, I talk a lot about what's going on contemporarily in the United States. And then I also talk about, you know, the ways I cope with it via cats and cannabis and rock and roll music and uh, my wife and family and stuff like that. So it's sort of like a productive, like, hey, we should strive for a better world and uh you know i tie it all up in a bow in the hour and very excited my runs from august 16th through 27th and yeah it'll be my first time i can't wait if people want to want to know more about ron mm-hmm. lacone and follow you and keep up with all your doings where should they go what should they do ronplacone.com is my website that lists all my tour dates which is edinburgh and then october 21st i have a show in the san pedro neighborhood uh and tickets and all information ronplacone.com i am ronplacone on all the socials i'm most active on twitter <laughs> um, but, you know, that's quite a place. But I'm Ron Placone on all the socials, and uh, I should have a movie coming out in the fall. So, that's right. So please do follow me. Thank you You're very like much. You're like the busiest man in show business right now next to Trump's <laughs> defense lawyers. I don't know about that, but I'm trying. Liam McEnany, so nice to have you back here yeah. in our lair. What's the best way for people to follow you and keep up with all your various doings? Well, I, I quit her Twitter. So, you uh, do. Uh, I am Radio Liam on Instagram, and honestly, it's the best way to follow me right now. I'm kind of, it's so funny. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just stop trying to be a public person, stop doing podcasts, stop doing interviews, because I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do with my career going forward. And as soon as I said that, I started getting invited on podcasts and on your radio show. <laughs> so I was gonna I'm, say this is the second show I've done with you today. I, I might be coming back to Twitter now now that uh it's out of my hands. But uh right now Instagram, Radio Liam and uh you can email me at Liam at Hayitsliam dot com if you wanna if you wanna God. just ask me any questions. Your Facebook is mighty too, I gotta say. Well, well thank you. I've stopped accepting strangers' requests though. So uh in general of, or just on Facebook? Uh, well <laughs> not Facebook. Uh, it's Hollywood. I accept a lot of strangers' requests. 
request if the, if the timing's right. Dr. Tracy, what's the best way for our evil army of the night to keep uh, up with you? They all know me at Tracy Explains, and I have a Substack at Dr. Tracy Explains. Are you leaving here to go on Fox News? Is that I, really going to happen? Yeah, I got to go get on Fox 5 DC, talk to Jim LaKay about today's happenings. I, I wonder what kind of... Well, actually, Fox 5 DC, they're, they're, they're going to be pretense of objectivity. They're not going to fight you. It, it, there's going to be somebody else, I believe, on the panel. Of course, I they'll bring it. someone else in to explain how Trump's been silenced in the Joe Biden indicted him himself because he hates free speech. And I smile and do cute thing with them, so it's cute. It's fun. Oh, my God. Well, it's so great having you here. If you, I don't, if you all want to stick around even yeah. more, we'd love to have you. we got to hit a quick break. We'll be right back. This is SiriusXM. We're taking your calls at 866-997-4748, and we're just getting warmed up in here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fiegel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. Taking your calls all the way till midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. One more quick clip from today because it's a good one. John Eastman, who is the unindicted co-conspirator number two. Liam and Ron are still hanging out, by the way. Uh, Tracy left. Fuck her. So rude. Um, So John Eastman's not having a good year. He's going to be disbarred if he doesn't retire first. And his lawyer, Harvey Silvergate decided to go on CNN to defend his client with Poppy Harlow. And um, we are not sure that John Eastman is getting his money's worth. Give a quick listen. Did your client talk to the Arizona House Speaker and ask him to decertify the election and then, quote, let the courts sort it out, despite saying that he, quote, did not know enough about the facts on the ground in the state of Arizona? We'll concede that, but what is what is illegal about that? <laughs> What are you? What are you conceding? That's my. That's <laughs> specifically all, that all of that team has right. That is within the bounds of the law. That's what I'm saying. You're allowed to say. Did no your comment. client? Let me ask you about another allegation. Then on page uh, paragraph 89, I should say of the indictment. This is talking about knowingly violating the Electoral Count Act. Did your client, in fact, circulate a plan that he acknowledged would violate the Electoral Count Act, what we were speaking about before? Is that correct? That I'm not sure of. But (laughs) uh, assuming that he did, his role was as a lawyer trying to come up with the best arguments he could. I have had many cases where I've (laughs) Regardless of their legality. Quite opposite something I argued in an earlier case. Lawyers have a particular role in our system. They do not have to be consistent from one case to another. But they cannot help 
in pursuance of committing a crime. <laughs> You'd think. Yeah. Um, well done. Well, only the best. I was waiting for him to say, I'm not a lawyer, by the way. (laughs) That was what I was I thought that was going to be like the closing. Like, like, I'm not even a lawyer. I just, I'm doing a a favor for a friend. And and these note cards were were nowhere close to the questions you asked. I I don't even know how I got here, to be honest with you. You know, they they let me in the building, and uh, and, and that's all we can do right now. I was reminded of the scene in My Cousin Vinny, where Ralph Macchio's friend fires the public defender. (laughs) Their Honor, I want to be represented by that guy. Bruce in California, thank you for being so patient on hold. You're on SiriusXM. Oh, that, that's okay because I was on hold longer than most of my relationships have lasted. I understand. So I'm very I, pleased I, I get to be it. with you. Thank you. No, no, it, it's well worth it. I've enjoyed the conversations that you've been having. I well, finally, this is what it was building up to is this moment, Bruce. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Monsel talked to Justin Jones and Justin Pearson for claiming their seats in Tennessee. And the Biden administration got a win in the appeals court on their rules regarding asylum. Mm. Okay. And which I'm, I'm very, very glad about. I wrote I you too. last week to thank you for I, helping but, but, me. But, but by the way, by the way, I, I, you know, Biden is still trying as best as he can to keep Trump-esque yes. policies in place to keep the uh, migration no, no, headache away that, for election. It is a win for the Biden administration. Yeah, but it's it not necessarily a win for the, but not not necessarily for the you know migrants. But go on. No, there's it's it's Biden Biden got battle. a Biden got a tourniquet on a human rights catastrophe yeah. and it's held at bay for a while, but uh, that could still blow over. I mean, they they they've handled it I really know. well politically. No, politically, I agree with you. And I stand corrected, but it was a win for the Biden administration, okay. but. Um, I also wrote to you last week to thank you for helping me to rediscover Sinead O'Connor and also for providing me with talking points. I'm a co-administrator for a private Facebook group, and your points are so, so profound. About Sinead? I really appreciate that. Oh, listen, I just, I just, I mean, what a loss. Like, for me... Oh, it was incredible. I was never, I was never, you know, Madonna. I mean, Katy Perry, right. Lady Gaga. For me, Sinead O'Connor was it. From like a time I was a mm-hmm. teenager on, I bought every album. I bought the reggae album. I bought the Christian theology album. I bought, I mean, the standards album. The standards album, dude. I mean, I Phil I was Ramon, actually Billy Joel's producer made that. Before I left the house, I was listening to "I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got," and just the mm. when she's singing uh, uh, "Black Boys on Mopeds." Yeah, just uh, remember what I told. You. I'm not even going to try to sing like her, but her I voice. Wish she would. It's it's <laughs> it's like she pulls that out of just human experience, like yeah. shared human experience. That's what her voice is like. That's why we played Sinead almost every night since last week, but I, I'm not playing the the Prince song because everyone's playing that all over the place and she has yeah. so Absolutely. many dozens of great songs. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. The Prince song is great, but like there's so much great music and, and you know, for, for me, I was like, that was when she became really big and didn't just belong to us anymore. I, you know, I got to go from seeing her in tiny venues to seeing her in big venues and then back to tiny venues again, but... As a comic, I just think about it like, you know, you can play it safe or you can speak your truth. Yeah. And she shaved her head when they told her to be more feminine. They told her not to have a baby and she tucked her onesie into her back pocket when she played on the Grammys. I mean, like she just did not give a fuck. Yeah. And she's proven right about so much. And you know what's interesting is, I mean, God bless SNL, right? I mean, whatever. It's a comedy institution. 
But the whole premise of that show was this is a dangerous show. It used to be. We we take on the yeah. uh, you know we take on the powers that be, and then Sinead O'Connor did it. Yeah, and she got banned for it, and she got booed by. That's how a dead huge Belushi audience. was. That's how dead Belushi was ten years later. Exactly. Yeah, and I didn't know about the Joe Pesci thing either. The Joe Pesci I, I, thing. I like, never made knew me that so existed. It, it, I, was, I, I love Joe that. Pesci, like, but oh. the following week he shows up with like the picture taped back together. Oh. Yeah, and you know, and Madonna going after him because she's such a devout Catholic. Look, I, I was at the Dylan show. I was at the tribute show and I, I, I met her backstage before. I, I scammed a backstage pass and I just blabbed to her mm-hmm. how much I loved her and that my parents were ex-clergy and as a Catholic I was so grateful and what you're doing is not anti-Catholic. It's not anti-Pope. You're, it's, 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 it's pro-justice. A lot of people in that crowd were clapping for her but right. when they all started booing her I was like, none of you motherfuckers care about the Pope. None of you are Catholic. You're just doing this because it's a woman protest singer you're here to honor bob dylan the greatest protest singer of all time and you can't even see that the greatest protest singer of our current day is here but because she's a woman and attacked a a likable religious figure you don't even care about the context and they boot her off the stage and that's a show where like they were cheering the times they are changing i mean like Mm. it's which tracy chapman sang that tracy chapman sang that and you know it just like was really kind of opened my eyes a little bit to like what people were like when i was young you know yeah. Um, and she was right about everything. She was right about the Catholic Church and the abuses that children suffered. I mean, she grew up in the Catholic Church in Ireland where... She was horribly abused. Every, all those kids were. Like, yeah. all those children were horribly abused by the church and by the nuns. And the, what, what's that movie about the nuns? The and Magdalena Laundries. Oh, my God. Like, that's a heartbreaking movie. Yeah. It's a movie I could never watch twice. Joni Mitchell wrote a song about it, too. And that's where that's where her... And her dad, not her crazy mom. She left a crazy mom who made her sleep out in the backyard, went to her dad... She was shoplifting. She was angry. She was hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Her dad thought he was doing her a favor and paid the church to put her in that torture center. And they made her go sleep in the hospice wing where old people were, old women were dying with no medical care. And they just made her hang out there mm-hmm. as but a teenager. I, and I saw that that one Catholic outlet put out that smear piece on her yeah. after she died. And it's yeah. just like, okay, that is that is beyond classless. Totally. That is just classless. Totally, because she was never anti-Catholic. She was anti-covering up child rape. Mm-hmm. That's why I hear these Catholics saying, well, we can forgive her now after all. No, no, no. She doesn't need your forgiveness. No, she doesn't. You need hers. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, Bruce. There's so much great music out there, and I, I hope you uh, discover well, a lot of great thank songs. You. Thank Am you. Am I still on? Yeah, you're uh, still on. I want to mention that Call for Change, Call Number 4 Change, is on Facebook. People should be should be going to the phone banks that's offered there. They can sign up there, and after Trump said stand back and stand by to the Proud Boys, we need people to be active and activate now. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I really also I agree with your movies and your unpopular opinion. Oh, Barbie well, was great. Thank you. I feel I feel less unpopular. I appreciate the call. 866-997-4748. Rich in Dallas has been on hold forever. Rich, thank you for your patience. Welcome. Oh, John. Well, first off, uh, disclaimer, I'm not much of anything. So if that helps <laughs> okay. <us> out. <laughs> Uh, wow, I've been on hold so long, I've changed all kinds I know. of things. I know, I'm uh, sorry. Really? What, the floor is yours, whatever's on your mind. I know you called about the Teamster strike, but we can talk about anything from, from Donald Trump to Sinead O'Connor to Ron's not a doctor, whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, I was going to call you the other day. I watched uh, Tracy Chapman with Pavarotti. Oh, wow. Here, yeah, that was real interesting. So anyway, 
yeah, and you know, I was just called about the we're gonna. Uh, By the way, they sang yeah. "Fast Carmen." I'm sorry, I had. Oh, to... "Fast Carmen." There you go. You couldn't hold back. You had I'm to do sorry, it. I had to squeeze that in. <laughs> now some country douche is gonna make it to number one. <laughs> go ahead, Rich. They, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna meet this weekend for. Uh, we're gonna read over the tentative agreements, and so I'm letting you know. It's kind of thought I'd call you and talk about things like we're not out of the woods yet. You know, we could vote no. And we could still strike. We Wait, what's your yet. take on that? Yeah. Yeah, because well, I've been hearing things across the board. I, I've heard some people are really not happy with it. Some people are more optimistic about it. So are, are you a Teamster yourself? Or? Oh, yeah, 37-year UPS driver. Nice. Nice. Cool. Hey, I awesome. mean, I was like so inspired. I was so inspired last week with with Yellow, the trucking firm, and and it looked like they managed to pull it off. And then they just laid off everybody as soon as the strike was averted. So I get very nervous. Right, but but keep an eye on that because uh, they filed bankruptcy and they'll turn around and you know reorganize and then kick the teachers out and absolutely what, uh, happened to. What happened to CF? So I'm keeping an eye on that. UPS. And by the way, this is why this is why I don't think the media is liberal because the mainstream media is not right. talking about organized labor. No, uh, not at all. You they know? don't. They don't cover uh, labor at all. If they were, because who owns them? Who owns them? Yeah. Mainstream liberal. Mainstream media is pro Democratic Party. Yeah. They're not liberal. I don't know if you know this, but the stagehands are going to have a vote, or maybe have already had a vote on uh, striking. The really? Broadway, the Broadway stagehand union. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They might jump in, too. Yeah. And, and by the way, I'll say this real quick, too. Shout out to the Teamsters for not crossing the picket line yeah. at, at SAG and WGA, Yeah, which is awesome. Definitely. So thank you for that. Yeah, big time. By the way, now that I'm in town, I, I want to find all the cool places to protest. I'll I let wanna, you know where I'm going. I don't want to protest with losers. I want to have like like A-list <laughs> protesters with me. Okay, I'm, no. I'm doing it for the selfies, gentlemen. Dude, so. go to Netflix. They have ice cream trucks, free burritos, oh. celebrities. Oh, I want to pick it there. Netflix is fun. Disney's okay. fun. Yeah. I want to pick it there too. Okay, great. I met what's her name, the head of the Teamsters out here with the. She has the Jimmy Hoffa tattoo, and I wish I could remember her name because I'm so bad with names. I mean, Rich, uh, uh, are you optimistic? Are you hopeful? I just can't remember now. Well, bo- both my kids are UPSers, so I'm hopeful. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, over 37 years, this is one of the uh, the most grumbling I've heard ever about right. voting no. We voted no on the last contract, except that they had a silly rule in Hoffa had that if like three quarters of us didn't vote, then they get to decide. So they decided yes. We we voted no. You, uh, okay. Hoffa decided yes. So so I don't know. There's a lot of grumblings, you know, that, that we don't we did not get everything we want. I understand. And, uh, Please I've keep in well. touch, Rich. Like I said, 37 years. I, I'm on the top of the heap. So I'm not, you know, I've done well, but but my my kids are on the bottom, and and they'll do a little bit better. And I'm just hoping for their future, and and uh, we'll see what happens. We're gonna we're gonna. Uh, vote this next week and so we're not out of the woods yet i i did call the uh sag afford office because uh we have movie studios in dallas and right i wanted on, to go right. and see if anybody nice. was was picketing and they said no just la and new york at this time and i said well damn i wanted to go and you know help out a little bit so oh i thought maybe go online go ahead, i did uh sorry I, I was just gonna say maybe, maybe go online because I, I think that there's actually a, a lot of listings in other cities as well I think it's just sagafterstrike.org, and and I, I think I Dallas is among the listings. Yeah, right. I haven't found it yet, but I'm going to look again. I'm on the road, so I'll look again when I get back uh, tomorrow. Rich, thank you. See if I can help out. Yeah. Okay. Don't be a stranger. Keep in touch and let us know how you're doing. I, I all right. Call you, I call you. I call you all the time. 
I know. I'm grateful for it. I'm needy. I'm codependent. So please <laughs> hold me. Thank you. If if someone had told you Thanks, in the Rich. '90s that, Solidarity. that if someone had told you back in the '90s that in the year 2023 uh, Donald Trump would be the seditionist ex-president, <laughs> the greatest villain would be Bill Cosby, and the greatest labor hero would be the star of the nanny. Yeah. I mean, would you have believed it? Fran Drescher. Oh, that one speech she gave was probably more truth about organized labor in this country than most Americans have ever heard on the news and it's because Fran was the one who gave the speech and the news carried it because it was a celebrity famous lady yeah. if that had been a, a, a union head saying it it wouldn't have gotten any coverage yep yep no no I mean the the corporate media does an atrocious job when it comes to labor issues and and you know I, I gotta say you know since this came up naturally I think a huge <laughs> stain on the Biden administration is is what he did with the real strike I agree the way he crushed the real no, strike I, I mean agree. that was just that was just atrocious yeah and and I know he doesn't have the best labor record but man that was just unacceptably bad listen I, I I'm with you it's like I I the nice thing about being on the left is uh, we can criticize them when they're wrong because we're not in a cult right we can say yeah. investigate all their kids we're not business. on the team <laughs> investigate their kids business dealings all day long because we're not a cult and when they get something right we can praise them for it I completely agree with you yeah I don't care what Hunter Biden does Mark in Wisconsin thanks for your patience you're on with Ron Liam and me hey no problem, guys. And the labor thing just made me think, uh, and I'll get to my point I was going to make later, that, uh, but we had a, when we had our union active in He's the state of Wisconsin, was actually stuff. recognized, there was a office, that the State Employees Relations, Office of State Employee Relations, and their slogan was, people serving people who served people. And I couldn't help but think of the old Twilight Zone uh, <laughs> <laughs> to serve man. To serve man. And I actually did a satire piece for a union newsletter on that. That um, So that it, it just uh, struck me as kind of, uh, kind of kind of odd that they would have that kind of for a slogan. But here I live in Wisconsin, and here it's the uh, heart of the, uh, the whole fake electors thing, I think. And uh, yeah. I wonder how far the actual the spider veins go out in this whole thing, because there's you know, connections with our state legislature here. And I actually had the suspicion today that I was wondering if our Supreme Court was actually involved in that because our Supreme Court was just one vote away from actually overturning the election here in the state of Wisconsin. Oh, I know. We're very, very happy about your Supreme Court after young people turned up in an off-off-year election to, to yeah. save Wisconsin Supreme Court. And it was just horrible that, you know, Brian Hagenor, a conservative, actually is his principled when it came to that. But, I mean, the uh, three other conservatives were ready to toss the election to Donald Trump, which, you know, aided in abetting the whole... Uh, fake collector's things, which apparently met the same day that they that decision came out. So I mean, This is why, though, I'm thrilled that the Attorney General of Michigan has indicted, what is it, 13 of these fake electors? Like, they're they're going for it. They're, they're, I say indict them from the bottom up and the top down. I mean, get the little fish to cough up bigger fish. They're doing it. And I, I hope more states follow suit. And I sure hope Wisconsin follows suit as well, as well as taking, you know, I, I hope the... Uh, Michigan Attorney General actually indicts Ron Johnson because he apparently had his grubby little oh. hands on their fake election. Oh, say it again. Say it slower. Oh, <laughs> yes. Indict Ron Johnson. Mm, yeah. Daddy-like. <laughs> say my name. Yeah, so, very nice. I'd love nice, to see brothers. that happen as well. The dimmest member of, uh, of of the Senate. Thank you very much. And I will say he is the dumbest member of the Senate. Can I, speaking of dumbest, can I play? Because I'm really falling for Vivek Ramaswamy. 
I don't know about you guys. I don't know who that is. Uh, rich douche wants to be president and can afford to get himself on that TV. dude. That dude. Oh, I love that guy. I want to play. Yeah, well, today, he's, not to brag, but he somehow found a way to get booked on The Blaze by Glenn Beck. He's, somehow, he's home shopping network version of a presidential candidate. Oh I love God. this guy. It's just, it's just. Hey, let me go to people who hate me for how I look and say <laughs> things to make them like me. Uh, this is uh, his very serious questions that he still has about nine one one. Vivek Ramaswamy. That's what we need. We need a partner. Okay, rapid fire question. Was the moon landing real or fake, Vivek? Was the what moon landing? Real or fake? I have no evidence to suggest it was fake, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume it was real. Okay, 9-11, inside job or uh, exactly how the government tells us? I don't believe the government has told us the truth. Again, I'm driven by evidence and data. What I've seen in the last several years is we have to be skeptical of what the government does tell us. I haven't seen evidence to the contrary, but do I believe everything the government told us about it? Absolutely not. Do I two believe questions. the 9-11 Commission? Absolutely not. Yeah, 9-11 <laughs> Commission live. <laughs> what a great way of saying absolutely nothing to make people who hate you like you more. Like, he said nothing there. You can't always trust the government. Wow, that's profound. Wow. What a sharp Republican point of view. That, that whole interview just sounds like two 13-year-olds who just discovered pot are like having a it's conversation. It's Glenn Beck's site, sir. I'll have you know that's as elevated as the discourse gets. Right. I mean, but this is what we call the, the presidential election loser complex, right? Loser industrial complex. Like, I don't think it was always like this, that you could have a whole career, get a book deal or a better public speaking gig by just running for president and not intending to win. This, I mean, there's only two guys in this race right now. There's DeSantis and there's Trump. And then there's a bunch of guys who want more airtime. I guess I'm curious, has it always been like that? I, I mean... Has it always been like that? Absolutely not. Henry Clay ran with the Whigs just for a book deal, I'm convinced. <laughs> I mean, look at we I, I voted for Pat Paulson. Of course, yes. But I And I, you did it last year, which I respect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote him in. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean it, it's always been running for president has always been a way to like launch a goof uh you know, PR campaign. Yeah. You ben know? Gleeb did it for for seriously. Dude, Bill the Cat did it. Bill I mean, you know, and people wrote in Garfield. You know, it's like just a way to kind of get publicity for yourself but i think now people are like holy shit i might be able to do it donald <laughs> trump did it <laughs> let me go to uh bob in california bob welcome you're on sirius xm progress with comedians ron placone and liam mcanini and me what's up yeah oh uh, yeah john well, i hope you're doing good today down in southern california doing all yeah, right how are we where, where in california are you bob about 100 miles south on the coast in cardiff by the sea oh lucky you how's nice. the heat how's, how's your heat today yeah, it's well, it's great, but I've got one idea that I haven't heard on all the the uh, the repeating loops of news. Tell me that just came into my head is that nobody's compared Trump to Charlie Manson because Charlie Manson didn't kill anybody. Mm -hmm. He told people what to do; they did it. Yeah, yeah. But he did go to jail for well for a long, long time. Osama bin Laden, you know, Dean Obadala is very good at doing the Osama comparison. I mean, terrorists in general, right? Like the wealthy millionaire at birth, uh, he didn't go fly a plane. You know, this is this is the Confederate mentality. The No matter what culture you're from, the white plantation owners will always find a way to get the conservative guys to go fight their battles for them. I would say a big Char difference Charlie between... Charlie was as big a news as, uh, as Trump or any, you know, any of the big news stories or... OJ or whatever. Yeah. Can we want to jump in? I was going to say the big difference between Manson and Trump is 
Uh, Manson attracted women for himself. Yeah, not because of his money. He didn't have any money, and yet no he money. still he slept with all those women. Never had to pay for it. And Trump really had to like wheel and deal to get a, a wife. Trump has to pay for sex and then pay them to say they didn't have sex. Trump had yep. to import his last wife from Eastern Europe. He had to import two thirds of his wives from Eastern Europe <laughs> because immigrants will do work Americans won't. Charlie was a lot skinnier and a lot shorter. Oh, Charlie can play guitar. Charlie hung out with the Beach Boys, for God's sakes. Donald Trump, you know, Donald Trump hangs out with Scott Baio. Donald Trump hangs out with Mike Love, which is not a Beast Boy. I know. Mike Love came on the show, and I was like, do I talk about Trump or do I talk about Manson? And I chose Manson. He was more interesting. (laughs) And then then Mike Love went and played Mar-a-Lago. Manson's people stuck around him, too. I mean, Trump changed people like, like pairs of socks. Yeah, and and that, that's why I mean I know we Rudy came up earlier. I actually think Rudy's going to go down with the ship. You don't think Rudy's going to flip like no? A crack- I think oh, you look oh, at that guy on TV. Flip he like is, a crack house mattress. Dude, he's he gonna, is so broken. That's what that I'm saying. Man is just, I think he's dude. just spent. He's done. No, and he knows he's, that, but he, that, that, you that, that, you cannot be lecherous to young women in your employee in jail. He has to stay out. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I think Rudy's been doing everything but taking out commercials and late night TV to get a fucking deal. I just think yeah. he's, so he's like Crazy like, Eddie. No, but I mean, he knows Rudy, he's ruined. I think, but I think Rudy knows something really dirty. And Rudy knows the Southern District of New York, which he used to front, will never disbar him. So he feels like he has that kind of immunity. He can walk between the raindrops. But I, regardless of being disbarred, I think we're very, he's unindicted dude number one. We will be hearing from Rudy very soon. Hmm. He was crying on Newsmax last night. Rudy looks yeah, a lot less healthy than either Trump. I know, I'm worried about him. He, I, I, I long for the you know younger, healthier, <laughs> smiling Rudy from Borat 2 that we all love. <laughs> Gotta go, Bob, but I thank you for the call. This is Sirius XM Progress. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back. I know what you're all thinking, coast to coast. We all have the same thought in our mind. It's only about a week from primary election day in Mississippi. I know. That's why I'm so thrilled to welcome our next guest. Greta Kemp Martin is the litigation director for Disability Rights Mississippi, which is the protection and advocacy agency for the entire state. She's former president of the Mississippi Association for Justice and Mississippi Women's Lawyers Association. She also serves on the Mississippi Access to Justice Commission. That's a task force focused on bringing legal 
services to undeserved communities in Mississippi. What you need to know is that she is running as the Democratic nominee for Mississippi's attorney general. She is the daughter and granddaughter of law enforcement. Here's a quick clip of her on the campaign stump just last week talking about, of course, the present attorney general, Attorney General Fitch of Mississippi. Give a quick listen. In a state without a Department of Labor, one would hope that our AG's office would make sure that working Mississippians have adequate support and representation. Instead, she filed a lawsuit opposing a raise to the minimum wage for federal contractors. She's failed to investigate potential labor violations that recently killed a 16-year-old child. And she's decided to tell corporations, none of which operate in Mississippi, how to run their business. But that's okay, guys, don't worry. She's writing strongly worded letters to Target to protect us from T-shirts. Oh, my God. I love this woman. Please welcome the person fighting to unseat Attorney General Lynn Fitch, who helped undo Roe v. Wade, Mississippi. Ladies and gentlemen, Greta Kemp Martin. Welcome. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, John. Thank you. I'm so inspired by your campaign. Um, What's it like? being a Democratic woman who's running for the attorney general's office in Mississippi. I would imagine it's been a fascinating campaign. Yes, it's very interesting. Um, We have gotten some really strong support across the state. um, But as you can imagine, um, in a state as conservative as Mississippi, it's a challenge. It is. Um, But I, I believe Mississippians are ready to have have leadership that will actually represent them. Um, you know, my opponent has spent most of her time on outside interests, out, you know, interests that benefit people outside of our state. And, and Mississippians, I, I think they're ready for a change. And so it's been really encouraging going across the state and hearing um, from people in small communities uh, who are, are just ready to see Mississippi move forward. I have so many questions, and I I do love your beautiful state. I made a film there once, and I've spent a lot of time there. Um, What has been the response of your constituents and friends and neighbors since the gutting of Roe v. Wade last year? Well, you know... um one, it's there's there is an education piece. We we have had to by we I mean my campaign, we have had to educate folks that the Dobbs case originated here in Mississippi. That's because right. while most people followed the fall of Roe, um, I don't think there was a connection that it actually started right here um, uh, about a, a clinic that was um, you know placed here in Jackson, Mississippi. And so once we get that education piece, and once we truly tell people what Dobbs means because it is a firm belief of mine that even the most pro-life constituent can still be anti-Dobbs because what Dobbs stands for is a complete breakdown of healthcare freedom and privacy. And since I jumped in this race on February 1st, I have been telling constituents that and all my opponent has done is proven me right. I mean, just recently, she authored a letter on her letterhead um, talking about tracking people's medical records records across state lines, which means a woman in Mississippi who has the privilege and ability to go to a state and get an abortion where it's legal, my opponent believes she should be able to track that lady's medical records. Um, Just incredible overreach and just a breakdown of healthcare privacy, which is exactly what I have been saying since February 1st. And I don't believe that she is she's finished. No. And I Thank you very much for keeping it on the radar that Dobbs did originate 
in your state. I, I, I have to say, I've been trying to learn a bit about labor in the state of Mississippi, and, and it's been a bit shocking. I mean, that your state doesn't have a Department of Labor and that Attorney General Fitch just filed this lawsuit to literally lower the minimum wage for federal contractors. It seems like the, the, one of the challenges is getting the word out to your fellow Mississippians about what they're paying for at present time in the attorney general's office. Right. Mississippi um, is it's a wonderful, it's a strong state, as you, meant, as you mentioned, it's a very beautiful state full of uh, amazing people, but we are a very rural state. So the education piece is the biggest challenge for our campaign because we have voters who, I mean, just to get from where I am in Jackson, Mississippi to the top of the state, it's a full four hour drive. So it, you know, to to move this campaign across the state and to make sure that all voters are educated on the issues and what's been happening and what's not been happening in our AG's office has posed a challenge. But I believe in Mississippi voters. I believe we're going to do it before November 7th. We just have to keep trucking and we have to make sure that people understand um, what they're getting into with another four years of Lynn Fitch. So let me ask you a bit about your present work as litigation director for Disability Rights Mississippi, because I think it's amazing what you do. And you have been an amazing advocate, um, both for people with disabilities, but also for talking about how mental health and disability rights go hand in hand. How did you find yourself in that position? And what have you learned about the, the way the state functions from your time there? So I um, started practicing law about 13 years ago, and um, I was in private practice. I was working with a former Supreme Court Justice, Chuck McGray. We were doing some great work, a lot of civil rights litigation, a lot of uh, medical malpractice and things like that. But about six years ago, um, I was approached with this position to do litigation um, for disability rights, Mississippi. And and. When I, when I sat back and I thought, you know, I love representing people. I love representing people in courtrooms. That's what I've done my whole career in front of judges and juries across the state. But the idea that I could come to DRMS and I could provide legal representation for uh, people with disabilities for free across the state, um, ensure they always have an advocate, and to also work with some wonderful folks here. You know, we also provide just general advocacy services. So when someone just needs someone in their corner, we can provide uh, an advocate, we can provide a lawyer, we can provide a, a voice. And so I was just drawn to this role because I have a passion for people. Um, I have a passion for representing people and being their voice when they need a voice. Um, and and Honestly, I love my job. I would only give it up to represent the entirety uh, of, of Mississippi. But um, uh, what we do here, there's a PNA in every state and territory in this country. So yeah. I would absolutely encourage individuals with disabilities, if they need an advocate, if they need someone in their corner, to look up the PNA in their state if they're not here in Mississippi, because um, the Protection and Advocacy Agency was created by Congress to provide people with disabilities that that advocacy piece that, that many people need. It seems like your whole career has been spent helping people who need it the most and that you want someone in the attorney general's office who's been out there helping the most vulnerable residents of the state rather than doing favors for the powerful. I, I hate to keep bringing it back to the accusations and scandals around Attorney General Fitch, but it's been rather remarkable from what I've read about how she's been pretty quiet about, like, you know, for everything from the allegations of uh, your state Senator McDaniel breaking campaign finance law in his bid for lieutenant governor to seeing how she's been 
pretty silent about um, the misuse of funds for welfare and for COVID. Right. Right. So uh, the the corruption issue um, is, is one that's very near and dear to a lot of Mississippians here for a lot of reasons. Um, one, one issue that you've mentioned, um, we have a, a fairly large scandal, the largest in state history, um, that involves tens of millions of dollars that um, came from what's called the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. And that's money that's going back into communities um, to help families and help mothers yeah. and fathers uh, get back on their feet. Um, instead, it's gone to pay for volleyball stadiums and personal trainers and, and a slew of other things. Um, and what has happened is that was uncovered in November of 2021 by our state auditor, and it was immediately referred to our attorney general. Um, not only did she ignore it, she punted it to a private attorney um, at additional cost to the taxpayers. She then fired that private attorney and punted it to a law firm who is one of her top donors, um, yeah. again, at additional cost to the taxpayers. So it's just a consistent shirking of her duties. Um, and now the campaign finance issue you brought up, um, look, Mississippi's campaign finance laws, just like most states, are confusing as heck. Um, you know, Lynn Fitch is not the first AG to to not enforce them. But now what we have is our lieutenant gover governor has filed a uh potential ethics complaint about the campaign finance of his primary opponent. The primary, as you mentioned, is two weeks away. The sense of urgency to get this resolved, you would think, would take priority with the AG's office. She's the only mm -hmm. person with the clear authority to look into it. Um, and as as recent as last Wednesday, the day, same day I made that speech that you played, um, she told the media she had no intention of investigating it. Um, so, you know, it's just um, just allowing something. I mean, and, and to be, you know, I'm not I don't like to play party politics. I believe the AG's office should be nonpartisan. But if we want to play party politics, I mean, these are people from her own party. Right. That's this right. is. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, a fellow Republican, a fellow leader in the state, asking her to look into some pretty clear violations of campaign finance. Um, so, you know, again, I'm not a party politics player, but if you can't get members uh, and fellow state leaders in your own party to work with you, that's a problem. And and, and Lieutenant Governor Hoseman is not the only state leader to have expressed um, issues with the AG's office not doing their job. Is it true that Attorney General Fitch settled some insurance claims over Hurricane Katrina damage for like just pennies on the dollar? Yes, absolutely. Oh. And this, um, and, and, and what we have the benefit of is her predecessor, um, Attorney General Jim Hood, who was in this role um, for quite some time. Um, you can you can look pretty clear at the comparison of the, the cases that he claimed. I mean, the cases that he settled versus uh, the cases that Attorney General Fitch has settled. And it's just. It's just a stark difference, um, you know, it, it's it's and did so without really releasing any information about the settlements. It was kind of done in the dark of night, um, yeah. just some really shady stuff. Um, and it really just goes to show that she's not in it to represent Mississippians. Let me ask a bit about education, if I could. Um, do you oppose uh, vouchers that would send taxpayer dollars to private schools or religious schools or 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 homeschools in the state of Mississippi? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and again, a very stark contrast than that of my opponent who has appealed oh, yes. um, <laughs> dollars going to uh, um, we had a, a, a state court judge who um, issued an opinion that uh, certain federal funding should not go to private schools. It should go to public schools. And of course, my opponent appealed that decision um, and believes that that funding should go to private schools. Now, look, I am the bonus mom to two, three wonderful children, two of which attend private school here in Jackson. So I'm coming at this as someone whose children goes to a private school, but we choose to put our children in private school. I'm the product of the Mississippi public school system, and that system is underfunded and needs more resources. We cannot be diverting resources to private schools. Um, that Amen. is a choice that parents make. And um, in, a, in an education system like we have here in Mississippi, resources are scarce and they all need to be going into our public school system. I completely agree. You've spoken very beautifully about this. I mean, it's literally the public schools. They're responsible for serving all the students. Um, And I know in your state, the public schools serve the vast majority of students who are living with disabilities. Do you believe that uh, special ed services in public schools should be fully funded every year? I know that seems like an obvious thing to say, but people would be surprised at how uh, how flexible some folks can be on this. Absolutely. Um, I absolutely su- support fully funding special education. Um, look, right here in the role I'm in now, Disability Rights Mississippi, we have a whole team that does special education work. And um, I don't do that work directly because I do mostly litigation, but just to see how hard that our team has to work to get children the services that they need just so that they can have um, a fair and equal education as children who do not have a disability, it's, it's heart-wrenching. Um, and to know that um, people in our legislatures, people in state leadership right now with a swipe of a pen could fully fund education, could fully fund these services. Um, it's just it's really hard to know that that people could easily fix this um, if they just took a moment to realize that um, we have children who are going without the educational services they need. Exactly. Um, as you know, the nation's teachers and educators all say that the biggest barrier to success for K-12 students is poverty, psychological problems, and, and family stress. Obviously, this doesn't fall into the purview of the attorney general, but what, what do you think legislators should be doing to try to alleviate these obstacles for the children of your state? It seems that poverty is the square root of so many problems our children face in the public school system. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think the answer is simple. Um, you know, y- you are not from Mississippi, and you probably looked up that data. I mean, you probably I read. Sure did. Yes, that I did. Hard, yes, those hard and fast numbers. I tell people that sometimes I feel like I'm crazy because I read the same things you do. My husband reads the same things we do. Um, it, it is the numbers are out there. Um, our legislators know the hard and fast data of our state, and. The idea that they simply ignore it. Um, it, it makes someone feel a little crazy. You're like, I can't believe I just read this. Are they not reading the same data that I'm reading? Um, and, and and so I think it, I think at the end of the day, it is, you know, like I said, I'm not a party politics person, but I think that plays a large role here in Mississippi. Um, we have a Republican supermajority in our legislature. You do. Um, 
all the top state leaders in our state are Republican. Um, I think that speaks for itself. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, my hope would be that our legislators would listen to the advocates, listen to the teachers, listen to the people in the community that live day to day, boots on the ground in these towns and cities across our state, because I, I can tell you they're there when our legislature's in session, they are there telling them, and it seems that they are continuously ignored. So they're ignoring the data. They're ignoring the people who have the expertise. I think the answer is we just have to send them packing. We have to elect people that want to listen, that want to learn, and they want to improve our state. Amen. Um, I'm I'm half Southern, and I've always had the belief that Republicans tend to dominate in, in legislatures like Mississippi's because of low voter turnout. I've always believed right. if we could find a way to convince our, our low income neighbors to get there, if mail balloting was available to everyone, if voting was easy and safe for everyone, I think our legislatures mm-hmm. might look a lot more like real America looks. What are the mm-hmm. challenges when running for any office in a state like Mississippi of basically trying to get the vote out and get people to really believe that their vote can make a difference? Yeah, we we have a couple of of major challenges here in Mississippi. One is we do not make it easy to vote. We do not have early voting. We do not have any any type of um, a process that would make things easy. We have absentee voting. You have to have an excuse in order to absentee vote. We have certain disenfranchising laws, so people with certain felonies cannot vote. Um, we we put up every kind of barrier possible to ensure that people don't vote. But I think on the other side of that is something that I'm hearing along the campaign trail um, is some fatigue. So you have folks who really believe, you know, hey, I went, I've gone and voted in every election and nothing seems to change. Um, And and get themselves caught in this circle of believing that their vote doesn't matter, believing their vote's not going to change anything in their community. They, They don't see candidates come and visit them or meet them where they're at in their community, which is something that both I and other, uh, Democrats on the ballot are trying to to really push this cycle is we're trying to get to all these small communities. Um, we have 82 counties, so it's it's hard, but we're, we're trying to make it work. But I really do think that there's some voter fatigue. I think it's um, believing that we can go and cast our ballot every election cycle, but we're going to get the same result. Um, yeah. And so combating that is difficult because I, I again they read the numbers that our like leaders seem to ignore sure, um and, sure. and so i get it i get it i'm from a very small rural um county originally and um it was always hard to live there and believe that our leaders ignored us and so i, I understand that that piece um and so we're really trying to empower voters as we're making our way through the state and say look we have a chance this election to truly make a difference. We've got a very dynamic gubernatorial candidate. We have a great slate of candidates up and down the ballot. Um, I think that we have started early enough that we can really get out there and motivate motivate people to get to the polls. Do you hope that the repeal of Roe v. Wade will motivate more people to get to the polls this year? I truly hope so. Um, I I really think that there is a... um, I'm not going to say a majority. I'm going to say I'm going to say a quiet selection of moderate Republican women in this state who are angry. Now, yeah. I don't believe they're going to be vocal. I don't um, expect them to write a big fat donation check to my campaign. Right. 
But I think when it's just them and their ballots and they start thinking about healthcare freedom and and the tracking of their reproductive health care records and the fact that, I mean, we've had leaders express uh, restrictions on birth control. Fertility treatments could be next. I mean, there's just anything controversial, anything controversial. The Dobbs case opens the door to that being on the table for restriction. Um, and one of the things that comes to I've, I've said it on the campaign trail um, that could mean vaccines. I mean, we all remember the controversy around covid vaccines. Sure. Who knows what kind of gateway Dobbs opens up to making controversial medical procedures Restricted. I mean, who knows? We, we, we really don't. So I'm hoping that there's a voter and I, I have uh, a certain voter in mind that when she gets in her with her ballot, she's going to vote for health care um, right. freedom. She's going to vote for privacy. I have a lot of voters like that in my family. And, and you know, I, I love what you're saying, because I think that that is still being a nonpartisan attorney general to be fighting for women's mm-hmm. reproductive freedoms, for women to be able to make their own controls about their lives with their doctors mm-hmm. and God without a man getting in the way. I think it completely right. fulfills the goal of being a, a nonpartisan attorney general. You have fought so hard for, obviously, for disability rights and for uh, labor rights. And I'm very curious. You've said that you would like to create a labor division in the attorney general's office to stand up for worker rights. I'm, I'm, I guess I shouldn't be surprised there isn't one already. How do you yeah. convey that to people? Because if I was a hardworking person in Mississippi, I'd be pretty mad that the attorney general's office still doesn't have a division just for me. Sure. Um, you know, I, 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 it's something that I talk about very heavily when we are visiting these communities, especially communities where it's hev- heavily industrial. Um, we have a lot of industry across the state, and I want them to know that there will be an attorney general that will provide them support and resources and representation. Um, I, I've done a lot of employment discrimination and employment uh, work in my job here at DRMS, and I have seen it across the state. We have have issues involving labor and wage fraud across the state. You've got to have an attorney general who understands what's in the best interest for Mississippians. And I think the problem, one of the problems that we have with our current attorney general is that she's never lived in a Mississippi like most of us have. Um, She came from a very affluent family. She came from a father who self-funded her first um, campaign with $2 million dollars. A decade ago, um, you know, they they own a plantation in Holly Springs, Mississippi. It's just not the reality that most of us grew up with here in Mississippi. And so, the idea that she doesn't understand the need for representation for everyday Mississippi workers doesn't shock me because that's just not where she's coming from in her experience, and that's translated into failures of leadership. I'll agree. So, let me ask you the million dollar question: what What's giving you hope right now? one week out from the uh, from the primary vote. What's giving you hope? So I'll be honest, we have had um, everything that I was kind of nervous about, everything that um, gave me pause as I, as I went across the state, um, talking about abortion in a conservative state. Um, going to the, the clip that you played was from um, an event called the Neshoba County Fair. That's a very heavily uh, conservative event and a very heavily conservative part of our state. I was always worried about the reception of a more liberal Democratic candidate in this state. 
But what I think is really resonating with people is that at the end of the day, I'm not trying to change anybody's mind about abortion. You will believe what you will believe about abortion. But when people understand that what I'm fighting for is healthcare freedom, is privacy, it's actual representation of everyone, Democrat, Republican, top dollar donors, low level donors, no donors, whoever their mom or daddy is, they need equal representation. And and that's what I want to provide. And so having that message resonate with more people than I thought, um, it's it's really great. And and to be a lifelong Mississippian and and to be given the opportunity to run for statewide office in, in my home state, um, it's just been an incredible experience. And so no matter the outcome in November, this will have been a, just a wonderful experience for someone who grew up in Mississippi. Greta Kemp Martin is the Democratic nominee for Mississippi Attorney General. Primary Election Day is next week. It is such a pleasure to have you. What is the best way for our listeners to find out more about you and the campaign? Where can they go? Well, we have a website, GretaForAG.com. But of course, we are on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok even. We are we have joined the TikTok community. Um, but GretaForAG.com will have all the information about our campaign, opportunities to donate. So I hope everybody will will join our fight and and support us as we push to November. You make me proud to be an American, and I like being able to say that. Greta Camp Martin, best of luck in the campaign. I so admire what you're doing. There's so many good people in Mississippi who deserve to have someone fighting for them. And we're so honored you would join us here on SiriusXM. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure.